0: Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Hey, welcome back. It's episode 146, and I want to share a few things with you today, um, starting with the fact that one of the things that I hate to see in my private not my private facebook group sorry in my free facebook group i have a big group of widows if you're not in there go to facebook look for widows empowering widows that's my group click on join i will add you to it Um, if i don't add you you might want to message me because i kind of check everybody's profile a little bit i want to make sure that uh, well people i'm letting in there are really widows and not somebody who's going to prey on widows. So if your profile doesn't clearly show that you're widowed um, or look like a normal profile, I may not add you. There are people that I've declined just because they look a little suspicious, to be honest. And I'm protective of my group. It's hard to keep going a free Facebook group for widows that doesn't get a whole bunch of predators added to it. We don't want that to happen. So I do get picky. Let me know if, if you click join and you don't get added. Just email me, okay? <laughs> I will make sure you get in there. One of the things that I do not like to see get posted in there are really downer kind of posts and memes that are just like, this is sad and awful and it's never going to stop kind of things. Um, because, and I see this get posted. I see memes that say like, this is something you never get over. It never gets easier. It never gets better. What an awful thing to tell a new widow, right? What an awful thing to tell any widow. Like, yeah, you're in emotional pain and that's just going to be the rest of your life. It doesn't have to be the rest of your life. Okay. I'm not saying we quote unquote, get over it or move on. I know those are like real triggers too. ticks widows off because we're like, I'm not getting over my husband. Come on, right? No, you don't get over it. You don't move on. You don't leave that whole relationship, that marriage you had. You don't leave that behind you when you begin to look into your own future again. The truth is you can once again feel joy over memories, shared memories you had with your husband can bring you joy again instead of sadness. The truth is you can start to look forward into the future of your life. The truth for me is that it got easier for me. Every year got a little easier, a little less sad, a little better. And that's what I'm here to tell you guys. You don't have to stay in the depths of despair for the rest of your life. And your husband would not want you to, right? He would like, I don't want people to think of me and feel sadness. I want people to think of me and feel happy and joyful. And I'm sure our spouses who have moved, passed away would feel the same way. They would want us to think of them in happiness and joy. So don't feel like you're denying their memory or legacy in any way if you begin to enjoy your life a little bit again, right? I know I get really fired up about this because we're not meant to live under a rock, right? (laughs) We're not meant to live under a rock and it can get better my last episode, and if you haven't listened to 145 yet, go back and listen to it. I talk about a memory that kind of caught me by surprise. I hadn't thought of it in years, a memory of Jim. And instead of making me sad, it made me laugh right out loud. And so much more often now, I am almost at the five-year mark. And at five years out, I can remember things and they bring me joy. It doesn't bring me sadness and pain to think of the relationship I had with my husband, to remember our relationship. It brings me so much happiness because I know the years I had with him, he spent the rest of his life with me, literally. And I find a lot of comfort and joy in that. And I find a lot of joy just in living. And I want to share some things with you today about that. Okay, we've had a couple posts recently in the free Facebook group, the Widows Empowering Widows. Um, Somebody talked about um, she and her husband didn't get to travel much, but when they did, he always liked to like impulse, impulsively stop at little mom and pop places to eat, right? Just on a whim. And she said she hadn't done any of these kinds of things since he died. But she was out driving around. And that day she posted that she did. She said it was hard and she shed some tears and she did a lot of remembering. But she stopped at a little mom and pop place to go in and have some lunch. Right. Just the way that she would have if she was with him or he were with her and she said he'd be the first one to tell me to get busy living yeah get busy living another one of my uh group members in there posted that she had just received the widow coach my book and um she said it was tucked in between the front doors out of the snow <laughs> I remember when I lived in the Northeast, and my best, best UPS man, if there was room between my storm door and my front door, he would leave my packages tucked in there so the snow didn't destroy them. Um, she said she is soaking up my book, Widowed, and that it's it feels like I'm right there in conversation with her, just like when we spoke on the phone. I had talked to her on the phone before. And I just wanted to say, look, I wrote those books for each and every one of you. So yeah, I'm talking to you in that book. When I wrote Widowed, my first book, it was really because when Jim first died, I did what I'm sure probably all of you did. I went to Barnes & Noble. I went to look for books on being widowed, on grief. I bought a sack of like five books, six books, brought them home. And about a chapter in on each one, I would like just lose interest in what they were talking about. I couldn't get past the first chapter. Some of them, the first chapter or two was really good, but then they would go off into other stuff that just didn't click or connect. So when I wrote Widowed, about a year after Jim died, about a year, year and a half after Jim died, I wrote Widowed. I wrote the book I had wanted to read, right? I wrote the book that just told the day-to-day stories of what I was dealing with, what I had gone through, how I handled it, That's what I had wanted to read. So know that if you pick up either one of my books, Widowed is my first book. Uh, The Widow Coach, I really wrote more for my students and my followers who are really into learning how to self-coach. It still has some great tools in there. It outlines kind of the tools that I teach, but it doesn't go deep into them. You need to reach out to me if you want to get deep in those tools. My books, I wrote them for you. So, yeah, you can read them and hear my voice. I am standing right next to you when you read it. (laughs) Okay. Now, let's get on to some quotes with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. First of all, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross with another doctor is the doctor that wrote The Five Stages of Grief. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know I've already ranted and railed about this because so many people try to apply those five stages of grief to us. I had somebody early on after Jim died who tried to tell me what stage of grief I was in. I just wanted to punch her lights out, you guys. I know that sounds violent and horrible, but what can I say? Jim had only been dead a few weeks, and she's—and when I said, I don't think those stages apply to me because my emotions are all over the place, she like reached out and put her hand on my arm and said, Oh, honey, you must be in denial stage. <laughs> I was just ready to kill, I got to tell you. <laughs> But here's the thing I learned later when I started reading more of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and more of her works, and she later in life talked about this, addressed this, because she wrote the five stages of grief about terminally ill patients. Those stages are about people who are told by their doctor they're going to die. Their doctor is saying, you know, you have three months left, you have six months left, those people, when they're told they're going to die, go through those five stages. And when you look at those five stages in light of that, they make sense. They absolutely make sense that you go into denial of the fact that you're dying and you go to the bargaining stage like, God, I'll do this with my life. I'll do that with my life. If you just heal me, those are the stages, but they don't apply to widows. I'm telling you, my emotions were all over the map in those early months just all over the the map so what brought this up for me again was I saw somebody posted a meme and it attributes this quote to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and John Kessler and I don't think it is (laughs) okay I don't think it is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross I'll read it to you it's sad it's one of those things that people post that I like why Why are you like sticking your finger into all of the the open wounds in these widows' hearts? It's kind of what it's like. It says, the reality is you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You will learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you've suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same. Nor should you want to be the same, nor would you want to. I kind of get that part. But the reality is that you will grieve forever. just sounds so depressing, right? I think the reality is you'll remember your spouse forever. You'll remember all those little things and all the lessons and all the time together. But that doesn't mean that remembering it is going to hurt. So I searched all over trying to find where this quote comes from in her work and I couldn't find it connected to her anywhere but I thought you know what instead let me share some quotes directly from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's work these are actual quotes from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and when I read you these quotes you'll you'll see what I'm saying when I say that first quote just does not sound like her at all the first quote is It's only when we truly know and understand that we have a limited time on earth and that we have no way of knowing when our time is up that we will begin to live each day to the fullest as if it was the only one we had. I love that so much because that is exactly the epiphany I had within the first 48 hours after Jim died he died on december 29th and on the evening he died the evening of the 29th on the evening of the 31st the day of the 31st which was new year's eve is when i realized oh my gosh it was literally the last year of his life and he had no way to know that and would he have chosen to live differently and i realized he wouldn't cuz jim always like just sucked all the gusto out of life he could right? And then I realized, oh my gosh, I don't know that this new year isn't my last year on the planet. And I made that decision right then and there that I was going to live 2015 as if it were my last year to live. And that I would make sure I was finding joy in every single day of that year, the same way Jim would have. And I did. And I made some amazing decisions that year, took some amazing steps. And for every single New Year's Eve since then, I have relived that vow, right? And you guys know when December 29th comes around and I'm thinking about the anniversary of my husband's death and I usually sit down in the evening and have a good conversation with him, um, I will also again be renewing that vow for 2020. I will live it as if it's the last year of my life. We're going into a brand new decade, which I think is exciting. It makes me think of the roaring 20s of the 1920s. So hey, 2020, we are going into the roaring 20s, you guys. Get ready. Take it by storm. But remember, And it's so easy for us. I wish we could like put this into other people's hearts without them having to experience the loss that we've experienced for them to really understand. We have no way of knowing when our time is up here and that every single day is so precious on this planet and you want to just like grab life by the tail and go, right? Another quote from Elizabeth is, Should you shield the canyons from the windstorms, you would never see the true beauty of their carvings. Let me say that again and think about the windstorm around your heart after loss. Should you shield the canyons from the windstorms, you would never see the true beauty of their carvings. So yes, you're experiencing deep grief and the pain of that, the loss, and the growth that can come out of that stress of loss. And coming through this loss is something that can really strip away some of the layers, but will also expose some of the true beauty inside of us. I found my way back to me through this work. And really, probably for the first time in my life, it's a little embarrassing to say that, but I truly feel like for the first time in my life, I love myself unconditionally. And I'm not afraid to show it to the world. And I'm not afraid to show the world who I am. My heart is like an open book. And I love that. I know that, you know, we can't protect all those canyons of our heart. We need to let the wind in to reveal the true beauty. Another quote from Elizabeth is, learn to get in touch with the silence within yourself and know that everything in life has purpose. There are no mistakes, no coincidences, all events are blessings given to us to learn from. And I truly believe that. And again, this can be a hard concept to wrap your brain around when you are struggling with the loss of your spouse, right? Because that means the loss of your spouse was not a mistake. It wasn't a coincidence, right? It's like, it. it, I believe, and some of my students pointed out to me in this current coach certification class said, you know, according to the Bible, God knows the beginning and the end that's planned for you. So in their faith, they feel that when their spouse died is when God had put his hand down to say that's what was going to be the end, that ahead of time, God knew the length of their spouse's life. For me, if I've always believed that we kind of choose the family that we incarnate with on this planet. I know that may sound far out for some of you guys, and I have had a very woo-woo past, (laughs) and I'm not afraid of, of the woo. I embrace it. I do believe that we choose the family we incarnate with here on this planet. And I do think that we choose the time of our leaving. It's not a conscious choice. It's something we chose before we even came here, before we were even born. We kind of chose the life we were going to experience. So it didn't feel this way when Jim first died, but as I gained hindsight on that loss, I was able to look back and go, yeah, that was the time of his choosing. That's when he was supposed to go. How do I know that's when he was supposed to go? Because that's when he went, right? That's when it happened. More Elizabeth quotes. The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of those depths. Wow. That's a good one, right? The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of those depths. And yeah, you can find your way out of those depths. You can rise up, rise up and become an amazing example of who you are. Can you stand one more quote? Let's do one more quote. Elizabeth said, Learning lessons is a little like reaching maturity. You're not suddenly more happy, wealthy or powerful, but you understand the world around you better and you're at peace with yourself. Learning life's lessons is not about making your life perfect, but about seeing life as it was meant to be. And I love that because when I teach people how they can change their thoughts and shift their own emotions into a better place, it's not all about suppressing negative, uncomfortable emotions and just being happy, happy all the time. Because being human means that you're experiencing all of this, right? It's not happy, happy, constantly, nonstop, day after day. Like some perfect life. It's about living life as it's meant to be lived and experienced. And so that's what we do. So listen, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed these quotes. I hope they give you a little more insight into Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Don't believe every quote you see in a meme On social media, I have seen so many quotes attributed to different actors and, you know, a picture of Clint Eastwood and a quote on there, and Clint Eastwood never said that thing. I don't know why people put these things together, but they just do. Always take it with a grain of salt, right? All it takes is a little Google research to find out whether somebody really said something or not. So go out there. Have a great week. Reach out to me. If there's anything you want to know more about, you can check out the Widow Coaching Center at widowcoachingcenter.com. Get on the wait list so that you will be the first to know when we open the doors for more members to subscribe to that. And if you're interested in coming through the Widow Coach Certification class, reach out. I'm Joanne, J-O-A-N-N at joannthelifecoach.com. And my main website is joyanthelifecoach.com. So I will talk to you all again next week. Happy holidays, y'all.